Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. we asked this morning is, is how do we find peace? What is our peace in this Christmas season? How do we find peace with everything being so different today, with everything being so uh, changed from last year? Nothing looks like it did last year. Nothing looks the same. I went shopping yesterday with my kids and I had to stand in line to get into Bath and Body Works, which obviously I was not shopping for myself. Um, but I stood in line for about half an hour to get into this store to buy candles and fragrances. And as I'm standing in line, I default to my phone. And Miles is standing beside me, and he defaults to his uh, device that he has. And, and as I'm scrolling and looking and I'm texting different people, I realize that I'm on my phone, Miles is on a device, and my daughter is standing right beside me. And I realize after the amount of time that I'm doing this, I realize, what have I missed already? What have I missed? And so I put my phone away. I forced Miles to put his away. And we talk for a little bit, and we laugh for a little bit. And then as I get closer to the store, they go, he goes back on his device. I give Emma's mine because I realize that if I take all three of us into the store, there's going to be a couple people that are really mad. And so I let them sit outside and be on their devices. But how much... Has our time changed? What did I miss in that time as I was scrolling? And how often does this happen to me? How often does this happen to you? That we don't scroll, we, we don't scroll for good reasons. As the video so clearly said, we scroll until our blood pressure is way too high, especially today. When our intention was, how many people are honest with what he said? Your intention is you open up your phone and you're planning on reading the Bible. You're going to do your devotions. You're going you're to do some scripture memorization. But also, all of a sudden, one of the social media apps is larger on your phone than any other one. Or maybe it's email. Maybe it's work email. Maybe it's something that catches your attention more. What distracts us? And as we look through this, not only have we missed out on something, but we've also missed out on relaxing. We've missed out on the peace of God because we're busy and we're distracted in this upside-down world. I love what he said in this video, and I have to practice this more and more, especially as I stand in front of you teaching, and I know that my family is listening. 
See, it's one thing for me to tell you to do something. It's another thing for me to tell you to do something when my family's in the room. Well, we do understand that these actually have an off button. And there was a season where I was really good at leaving it on a shelf, and there's times where I'm good, and in the last little while I haven't been, and I'll be honest, there's times where I'm scrolling at nothing. And I'm reading comments on posts that they're not encouraging anybody. We're not encouraging each other. We're actually tearing each other down. And where is the peace of God in this? So if we want the peace of God, I believe there's three things that we need to do. We need, first off, a different perspective. We need a different perspective. If you want the peace of God in your life, you need to change your perspective from an earthly perspective, a personal perspective, to a godly perspective. How can we look at daily, uh, we'll call them irritations, how does that sound? How do, we, how do we begin to look at daily irritations or daily uh, peace breakers differently? How do you begin to look at some of these differently? Like a daily irritation, small things in your life that you actually bring us, that should bring us peace instead of stealing it, if we look at it differently. What if you begin to think about um, a waiting room? None of us like waiting for anything. We mentioned this last week, that I don't even like the fact that I have to come to a stop in a drive-thru. It's called a drive-thru. Let's drive through. <laughs> so if you are like me, waiting rooms are not fun. I will text you if I'm supposed to meet you somewhere. Most likely I will text you if I'm going to be late, if we're supposed to meet at 9, and I will text you if I'm going to be there at 9.01. I just, I don't like being late. Am I late for things? Yes. But do I like it? No. So I don't like waiting rooms. I don't like long lines. Waiting in that line in the mall yesterday was not fun for me. But what if I started looking at it differently? Which I did about halfway through. What if as we're standing in line, we practice star? If you remember star we talked about a long time ago. What if we take a moment with STAR, and we, if you remember, S stands for stop. What if we just stop? What if we stop complaining in our head on how we could make this line move faster, how we would be more organized as an office staff, as we'd be more organized as a, a, you know, a, a store staff, that we'd get people in and out faster? What if we stopped all that? What if we stopped running our province better than the leaders that are doing it in our heads? Because I'll tell you, any position of leadership through this time right now stinks. I watched a video from the Manitoba premier where he was almost, he held himself together, but he answered a question that somebody asked him and asked him, why do you like being hated so much? And he walked through this answer like, I don't like being hated, but I have to, I am the one telling you not to have Christmas. I am the one telling you these things, but I'm doing it for the best of our province. And he's confessing, going, I know you don't like me. But we sit back and say how we would do it. You know what I used to teach the youth of this church when I was the youth pastor, and they would complain to me about their part-time job and how their leaders and their bosses just weren't good bosses? I would tell them this. You have no idea what leadership is like until you're in the role. 
And every one of us knows that as we've gone through jobs, that we criticize our supervisors, and then the moment we get there, we go, oh, I didn't understand. We need a godly perspective. So what if we stopped and just rested in God and didn't try to solve anything? What if, as in the video, we take a deep breath? You're like me, maybe a couple, or a few, or a bunch. And we begin just to relax. What if, as you're waiting, you begin just to thank the Lord for things and give him appreciation, the A of star? If we stop, we take a breath, and we appreciate who God is. And then R, we respond what did God ask you to do? In that line, maybe he asked you to pray for the person in front of you. What if you take time to pray for somebody in the room? I don't mean walking up to them saying, can I pray? Just standing there quietly and going, just praying for the person in front of you. What if you're listening to the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden the Lord tells you to begin a conversation with the person in front of you or behind you because he actually has you in line to encourage somebody, not actually to buy something. What if the little irritations, we switch and have a different perspective and see what God wants us to do? Maybe if you're waiting in a waiting room by yourself, you actually begin to memorize scripture to feed your soul and feed your spirit. What about not little irritations, but difficult situations that we face? Maybe difficult people that we face. Or tough decisions. Instead of letting it steal our peace, we need to remind ourselves that James tells us that consider it pure joy every struggle because it actually strengthens us and makes us a better person. God uses everything to strengthen you. So if we change our perspective from why is this happening to God, what are you doing? What are you speaking to me? How can you use me? What are you working in me? Because in every situation, I need to be reminded of this. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is working even when we don't understand. He is working in things when we don't understand. I found this quote, and I don't know who said it, and I just love it, because here is what's happening at every moment of our lives. Here's the quote. God cares more about the line of your eternity than the dot of your presence. God cares more about the line of your eternity than the dot of your presence. We worry so much about this time right now, but it's a dot. Eternity is the line. And God cares more about that line, and that's why he'll work in us. He sees a bigger picture. If we want the peace of God, we need to stay in step with God. We need to stay connected to him. We need to stay in his presence and read his word and study his word and pray and listen. Exodus thirty-three fifteen. Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. I don't know about you, but there's many times where all of a sudden I get busy in my day and all, I have to ask myself, Lord, are you still with me? Am I making decisions that I didn't ask you about? Am I stepping areas where I don't need to step because you've got it and you don't need my incredible wisdom? 
How many times do we think that we need to solve something because we know better than God and God actually hasn't even asked us? We need to stay in step. We need to know that we're in his presence. Moses is so bold to say, I am not going if your presence isn't with us. Because he goes on to say, what will set us apart? What sets us apart as believers is Christ is in us, so our perspective is different. We are in step with him, and we're able to walk with him. And when we're in his plan, it brings us peace, and we're pleasing God. Paul tells us what is pleasing to God in Romans 14, 7, and 18. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. It's not about eating and drinking. It's, in Rome, they were arguing about what they could eat and what they couldn't eat and what they should drink and how much they should drink and all those kinds of things. And Paul reminds them that the kingdom of God is not about this stuff. It's about righteousness. It's about peace with each other. And joy in the Holy Spirit. Does my life show this? Does your life show this? Do our neighbors and our co-workers, unbelievers, does our life show them righteousness? Does it show them peace? Does it show them joy? You've heard me say this many times and now you have a mask so it doesn't really work. But if you're happy and you know it, Show your face or tell your face. As Christians, we can still smile. Now I'm told I have to smile with my eyes. Right? So somebody write it. Yep, you can smile with your eyes. And so you have to, we have to put even more of an effort. Are you joyful? We have the joy of the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Lord. What do we, does what we say to others or respond to others in person or online, show righteousness. What about peace? What about joy? Do we show people that we serve the Prince of Peace? Isaiah 9, 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulders, he will be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The God we serve is the Prince of Peace. He doesn't bring peace like the world brings, but he brings godly peace. Do we share this image with others? Do we have peace in the middle of all of it which reflects a God presence in our life. Our circumstances don't change. The peace of God keeps us still and calm as we walk through the storm because he is with us and in us. 2 Corinthians 13.11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Notice the order of this verse. Notice the order. Brothers and sisters, rejoice. 
Strive for full restoration. Make things right with each other. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Love Jesus. Love others. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Notice what we are supposed to do. We go first. We go first. In this verse, we love, we rejoice. We strive for full restoration with each other. We encourage one another. We be of one mind. We live in peace. And then the God of love and peace will be with us. Have you ever had someone speak bad about you? Have you ever had somebody uh, criticize you or tell stories about you or, or talk about you? And you, deep down, you just want to defend yourself. But the more you live life, you begin to understand that if you go to defend yourself, it always usually just makes you looking bad. So how do we live at peace in these circumstances? How do we go for restoration? Because I know as I talk about this, you are the same as me. There's times in your life you're like, really, Chad, you're really mean about that person? Yeah, that person. If that person's me, yes. If that person is you, yes. How do we do this? How do we walk through situations and know that we're in step with the Lord when we're in challenging situations with people. Do you want to know what the scripture tells us? We're supposed to pray for them. And can I clarify the type of prayer? The type of prayer is not to strike them. The type of prayer is not to correct them and change their thinking and and make them get on the right page. The prayer is actually a prayer of blessing. Lord, I pray that you bless them. I pray that you bless their marriage. I pray that you bless their home. I pray that you bless their workplace. I pray that you bless their business. I pray that you bless their children. I pray that you bless everything they touch. And can I tell you something? The first three times, depending, maybe not as much, maybe more, it's going to taste like you're chewing dirt. I must be honest. I'm just trying, like, I don't want you to be like, okay, I just do that and everything's going to, no, you're going to be like, do I, you seriously want me to pray this? I do. And I don't want you to. The Bible tells us to. Bless those that curse us. And we pray blessing on them. And do you want to know what happens after a time? It changes my heart. It changes your heart. And God of peace begins to calm us. We live at peace with them, and the God of love and peace will be with you and with me. And we do this as much as we can, all the time. And how many of us in the room know it takes time? But it's true. If you continually do this, it will work out. And the God of peace will bring peace to you. If we want peace with God, the third thing we need is we need to trust him. I do trust him. Right? When people say us as believers, you need to trust God. Well, I do trust God. 
But if we're honest, trusting God is hard, especially when we talk about trusting God fully. Now, how do we know whether we trust God or not? How do we digest this scripture verse? Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. We can just stop there for a moment if we want to, but we'll read the whole first verse. If we're, I'm just talking about trust. If, it, if this is Paul saying, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, I want you to think about the situation. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Who can confess in this moment, whether you're in the room or at home, that do not be anxious about anything is a little challenging? Right? Are you with me? Like, don't be anxious about anything. I find that makes me anxious. Right? Like, if we're honest with each other, this is challenging. And if you look at the Greek, the actual word translates to anxious. So they actually, this is not like, okay, do we get this right? It translates to anxious. But what it means is to be pulled in different directions. Don't be anxious. Don't be pulled in different directions. You see, if we think about it, when we see things with hope, when we have hope in our lives, when we see a situation with hope, we are usually pulled in one direction. Where anxiousness comes in, it pulls us in multiple directions. The old English world that we actually, or old English world, the old English root word that we get the word worry from actually means strangle. It actually comes from the word strangle. That's what it means. Have you ever worried so much that you felt strangled? You know what I'm talking about? Those moments where now we're not talking about like, don't be anxious about anything. It's, this is where you're torn in different directions. You feel like you can't move. In fact, studies have actually shown that worry can defeat or have definite physical consequences to our bodies. When you worry too much, you can have headaches, you can have neck pains, back pains, it even will give you ulcers. Worrying affects our thinking, it'll actually affect our digestive system, and it even our coordination. Spiritually, worry is wrong thinking. We're not thinking right in our minds. And the wrong feelings, the heart, about the circumstances, the people, and the things. When we worry, we have to, it's God showing us areas that we don't fully trust him. Now, it's not enough for us, however, or if somebody you're talking to is worried, um, it's not enough for us to tell ourselves, and this is never encouraging for somebody to share with somebody else, just to say, quit worrying. I just want you to know, anytime Melissa, if I'm talking to her something I'm worried about, and she says, well, just quit worrying, it, there's no time in our marriage, whether I say it to her or she says it to me, that we go, you're right. It never happens on either side. So when we tell somebody not to worry, it's not going to solve the issue. Quit worrying never helped. But in every situation, as Paul tells us, to pray. Now, if you're looking at the verse, he actually breaks down three types of prayer. He says pray, which is just your basic type of prayer. And then he says petition, which is ask God, share your heart with him, 
Too often do we know, like we know as Christians, well, he knows the thoughts, he knows my heart, I don't need to tell him. No, he needs you to tell him. Tell him how you're feeling. Tell him what's going on. And then thanksgiving. Thank the Lord for what he's already done. Every one of us in this room has something to be thankful for. We need to reflect and remember that when Jesus healed the 10 lepers, only one came back and said thank you. As believers, we need to make this percentage higher. When we pray and when we petition and when we ask, we give thanksgiving. When he answers our prayers, we need to make sure that we're thankful. Paul goes on in Philippians 4, 7. Their very next verse, after we um, pray and we petition with thanksgiving, it says, verse 7, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Remember, we're talking worry is wrong thinking, the mind and wrong feelings of the heart. And this is where it will say, if we follow what Paul says in verse 6, then we step into verse 7, it says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, so realize it's going to change our thinking because the situation actually hasn't changed. In this moment, it transcends all understanding and it will guard your heart and your mind as you go through the situation. Worry helps us to know what to pray for. And when we pray, the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will give us peace. The circumstances have not changed, but we still have peace. I want to take a moment here, and I'm going to share with you a text that came in, because somebody was encouraging us, and when I read it, I was like, this is where it fits. Because situations might not change, but the peace of God will, will walk us through challenges. And, and here's the text that came in. It says, I'm being reminded of part of my testimony story, and someone needs to know. My dad always prayed for me to come back to the Lord. My dad didn't get to see that happen before he passed. But he was blessed with a lot of peace, knowing that everything would work out. Little did he know that God already started setting up my redemption story. He had already planned the way. Circumstances didn't change. But this dad had peace, knowing that God would walk it through. Philippians 4, Paul continues to write in verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned in verse 9 or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You're in a tough time. You've tried the star, you've stopped, you've taken a breath, you've appreciated who God is, you've given him thanks, you've responded to what he's saying, you've prayed, you've petitioned him, you've given him thanksgiving, and now you're not sure what to do. Think about the word of God, it's true. Think about the promises that he's spoken to you. Whatever is noble, whatever is right in the eyes of God, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, look outside, it's lovely out. You may not like the winter or the cold like me, but it's still beautiful to see the seasons change and how God works. Whatever is admirable. 
If anything is excellent and praiseworthy, and every one of us has it, we think about these things. Then the peace of God will be with us. And when we have the peace of God, it will change our perspective. It will help us stay in step with him. And it will help us to trust him more. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for your peace that brings us peace through this whole time. That you sent your son to earth to bring peace to our lives. That, Father, you are strengthening us. That, Lord, you will help us in every situation. That no matter what is going on, we can have the God of peace with us. So help us to see things through your eyes. To begin to change the way we think. Help us to praise you through everything. And help us to serve others and put them first. Help us to not give in to worry, but shift the way we think. Shift our minds and our hearts towards you. Guide us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to share with you real quickly your homework. I hope you've been memorizing. Parents, actually, you know what? Let's flip that. Students, if you were in the room, I want you to write down these scripture verses, and I want you on Thursday morning or Thursday evening Ask your parents if they've memorized it. They check on your homework. I'm giving you permission to check on theirs. If they get mad at you, tell them to take it up with me. All right, this week's is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It's a little bit longer, but it's do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by being, uh, by being in prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Discussion question number one. We're going to have a little heavier questions. First one, where do you lack peace in your life? Where do you lack peace? Question number two, what are three things you are thankful for? I would encourage you to answer that question every day, even to yourself. Three different things every day. What are you thankful for? And number three, what are, three types, what are the three types of prayer Paul encouraged the Philippine church to pray when they were worried? That one is just to see if you guys were paying attention. What are the three types of prayer that Paul encouraged the Philippian church to pray when they were worried? So that's your homework for the week. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 